Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, your favorite church unity podcast, probably. If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between, right, sure. And, you know, the occasional train talk. Right, right, yeah. Uh, have we got the podcast for you? Okay. Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Knoll, and here's your host, Todd Cohost. Also your host, yeah. Tiberius Wan. Yeah. your coast, Tiberius Wan. Your coast. <laughs> your superhero. Right, and we're here today with... Father, Robert, Michael, you're just gonna let Tiberius Wan stand? Yeah, well, I'm sitting down, so All right, we're here with uh, Father Michael of St. Michael's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Right. Not named after him. I think that, is this, this is technically Charlotte, right? Uh, it's right we're in Charlotte, but the mailing address is Matthews. Okay, so yeah, I was Matthews, say it's right near Matthews. Yeah, yeah the Matthews so I used to post office yeah. covers this area. Cool stuff, but uh, yeah, so we have a lot of stuff to talk about, just what the Anglican Church is and. How we can have better unity in Charlotte, something we've really been focusing on with, um, I've been sort of doing uh, what we call Project Unite Charlotte. I'm mm-hmm. just asking people, you know, if they're on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, just hashtag Whole Church Charlotte. If you're doing anything where multiple churches are together and you just have a picture of it, we want to see it. Um, we're trying to get together later on, probably next year, with some of the leaders of different churches and just get together and figure out what we can do to do more stuff right. across denominations in the church and show our love for one another like Christ said we would be known by. So right. trying to work on that starting in Charlotte since that's where we're at. And, uh, see well, what it's interesting at. when you called me when we first spoke and you were telling me what you were trying to do. And I think I told you the story that often when I go to a hospital or something with a collar on, people walk up and they're like terrified. And they go, what are you? <laughs> and the first thing I say to them, you're a Christian. That's, uh, you know, I said, we're a Christian. I simply worship within the Anglican tradition. And I think that theme of, of we are Christians, we all have salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the unifying thing. And even though we have different administrations and governments and all this stuff, uh, Christ is what unites us. I heard, I don't know, I don't know who this is. I actually want to say it was Pete Inns podcast, but, uh, Recently, I was sharing a Bible podcast that was sort of talking about that, right. and it was, um, it was talking about a kid wanted ice cream. Well, that's bad for you. I'll get strawberry. That's a fruit. It's still bad for you. It's just <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> At least that's a lot of what people do oh, in the I church. Like we're like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, like I'm Presbyterian. Ice. You're still Christian. Like, what do you mean? Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just it's different still ice forms cream. of worshiping. Yeah. Uh, different flavors. You know, I've often said that uh, we're traditional church here, and that just doesn't work for some people. And yet I would go and probably get some other churches, and that might not be what's, what kindles my spirit. And uh, right. so we're individuals, we're all made in the image of God, and, uh, you know, Jesus is why we're here. He is trying to figure out how to have unity in yes. diversity. Right. Yeah. right. Which exactly. We don't want to lose either of those. So before we get too far into it, uh, we need to ask you guys to please support the podcast. We have several needs. <coughs> I need cold medicine. Uh, yeah. Please send that. Cold drops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need someone to run our Twitter social media account. page, especially the Twitter account. I'm off. We are bad at it. By we, I mean Josh. That's uh, true. We need funding to travel. We're looking to upgrade our computer and our audio software. And... I'm We're also trying to get someone who can help us or someone who can direct us somewhere that we can do graphic designs for our cover page on Facebook and SoundCloud, as well as we're trying to update our theme song. If anybody wants to do that or knows 
someone that they can direct us to, that'd be great. Yeah. And of course, they can contact us with any of that at thewholechurch at gmail.com. Not the whole church podcast, just the whole church at gmail.com. And if they want to just support financially, just like a dollar, three dollars a month, whatever you can do, Disney Plus is going to be about four dollars, so we're still cheaper. <laughs> um, they can go Patreon, right? Yeah. And that's just patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. Right. Really simple. Or you just go to patreon.com. And search the whole trade podcast. You'll find us. Right. So we want to get into our aspects. That, takes, that takes a lot of work. Just uh, I'm mainly updating daily our website, and uh, it uh, it can yeah. take a lot of time. Yeah, editing software, websites, and all, all the different stuff. You know, we're part of a larger ministry. Really, it's the Anazal Online Ministries. Okay. So I haven't done a lot with that until just recently. Our um, Aaron Hardy, who's in charge of the writing articles and stuff on the website mm-hmm. she's recently contacted me trying to review and we're trying to figure out how to get the website back running how to make it all smooth who's going to be editing and a lot of work a lot of time yeah no blood or sweat but you know a lot of work a lot not, of yet. Yeah. Yeah. not yet yeah. but yeah so it does uh, support's very much appreciated because that time uh time is money as they say right yeah cool so am i am i doing an icebreaker question yes. I love this icebreaker question. I have no idea where it came from, but I do enjoy it. I've never seen it before, so you probably came up with it when you were bored. Uh, I get bored a lot, so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, today, so we like to ask just like a goofy question to start off with, mm-hmm. which uh, it doesn't seem like you need an icebreaker question. You're ready to talk. We've had a lot of good conversation, but uh, yeah, just just for fun, we uh, ask our silly questions. This week's. We'll answer it first, so you have time to think about well, it. I'm an old grumpy man, so you have to remember this before I answer it. That's fine. I drive, my, I drive my grandkids crazy. Perfect. I've yeah. been told I am an old grumpy man, and I'm only like 27. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but I am an old grumpy man. But uh, yeah, yeah. So our, our goofy question today is going to be, if you could visit any planet other than Earth. Oh. Yeah, can't pick Earth. That's too easy. Okay. If you could visit any planet. Does it have to be non-fiction? Can it be fiction? No, I think it has to be non-fiction. All right, non-fictional planet. Which one would you choose? Is it because do you, you would it? definitely choose Tatooine if we could do fictional? No, because I would definitely not. choose Tatooine if we could. Would you choose Tatooine? It's a Star Wars. There's two suns. It's literally only summer. I love it. I think I think I would love it. I don't think so, Josh. Maybe. There's so little moisture in the air, they have to farm it. That sounds terrible. <laughs> but at least it's warm. But your, what's your real answer? Uh, uh, non-fiction answer. Um, planets that exist. I'd like to visit Jupiter. Because it's all gas. So I'd kind of just be able to coexist with the planet, I guess. I don't know. I want to go to the rings of Jupiter. I just think they look cool. No, I'm thinking Saturn. Saturn. Yeah, yeah. Saturn. Jupiter does have rings. They're just not as visible. Maybe I was thinking that. Probably Jupiter's not. the big planet with gas, right? Yeah, yeah no, well, I mean, that. they're both gas giants. So. Saturn is still? Yeah. I wanted to go to the biggest one. Jupiter. Just to see it. Yeah, yeah okay, so Jupiter. The big red spot. Yeah, I want to sit on the ring, even though that's not possible. I don't think. Yeah, it isn't. Yeah, I'm going to sit on the ring and just look at the giant. You sit on you and go through it. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, you've probably never seen the ring of Jupiter. I want to see it now. Google it. Can, there it is. <laughs> well, I'll show it to him later. Yeah. Uh, I think I would choose probably Uranus or Neptune. Just because they're, they're blue. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and I'd go really far away. And then they're just, they seem the most interesting to me, at least. So would, now you're going to have to explain something to me. Because I was going to pick Pluto. But is that not a planet anymore? It's not. 
See, when I, I was growing like up, it keeps it was going a back planet. and forth between the moon and the planet. It has. It hasn't gone back and forth. Uh, well, it was a planet when I was growing up. Right. It was a planet until uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson pointed out the fact that it doesn't fit the criteria. So That's most people so call it a dwarf exoplanet. Yeah. I think it's way out there, so that's one I'd want to be. I still think it counts. <laughs> it's cool. I would, I would definitely visit. You know, I think that uh, it's super cold. You can, you can walk around the entire planet in a day. I'm pretty sure C.S. Lewis counts it as a planet in his sci-fi trilogy. But, but so he was an old man. Like C.S. Lewis yeah. was Anglican, so there we that's, go. That's different. That's sci-fi. <laughs> you can visit anything inside. C.S. Lewis is a genius, though, so yeah. obviously he's right. You can do it all. Yeah. All right, so we got our answers. Yeah. yeah. Which we do have okay, our everybody. You know, I can't see the notes. No. He's, he's, he's holding the notes in his lap. Well, I have no idea what I'm supposed to say. So. Yeah, nothing right now. Uh, okay, you're not together, okay. So now that we're, we're through with all of our starting questions, uh, we want to get into the real stuff. Okay. Shouldn't be that hard, but, well, it is the real stuff. Introduction stuff. I'd like to do it a little bit more because you said you just got saved or you got into <laughs> the ministry three right. years ago. Right. So yeah. uh, can, can you tell us something about your journey? Yeah, my journey was uh, uh, I grew up in the Episcopal Church when I was small. And uh, uh, my wife, who you just met, uh, we got married when I got out of school. I went to the Army for seven years. I was over at Fort Bragg for seven years, jumping out of airplanes. That's fun. And then I got out of the Army and uh, went to uh, uh, Georgia State University, which is downtown Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. And uh, so I got my degree from there and then went into the rep business. And we sold uh, different steel products for different uh, steel mills. And most of them at that time were up in the Chicago area in New York and all. And uh, so I spent 35 years uh uh, end up uh, owning the the company that I was that we started up, and uh, I was just uh, all the money was nice and all that stuff. It was just the thrill wasn't there, mm-hmm. and uh, and as I started, uh, we found St. Michael's, which is a very traditional church, uses the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, and I started coming here, and I I think I told you I, yeah. I was the grass cutter. I cut the grass for years, and. Uh, Finally, one day I was cutting the grass, and I thought, you know, if this is really real, no, no. I, first of all, I thought if it's not real, then I'm wasting a lot of time because I was up here for probably five or six hours every Saturday. And I said, but if it is real, I need to evaluate my life. And so I got more involved with the church, and then finally uh, got the calling through several people and uh, different writings and stuff. And uh, uh, I was at that time in my mid-50s, and I kept telling the people, you know, I can't, uh, so you have to have a, a degree, and I had to go get a master's degree. And uh, I just kept telling them, you know, I don't know if I can do this. And uh, But the Lord kept showing me the way to do it. And uh, what is a really cool part of the story is uh, I had eight people working for me, and they were throughout the southeast. I made the transition, and all the people that uh, derived their income through our company was able to we were able to connect them up directly with our with our meals, and uh, so nobody ended up losing any livelihood by me making this jump. Wow! So great. But, uh, that's always great to hear. That is great. 
Yeah. So it's uh, and it's all. I mean, it's all done by God. I could never have laid this out myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like most other things. Right. Exactly. So <clears throat> before we get to the the real question, just is there just in like a couple sentences? Could you tell us what's other? Than, I know it's a high liturgical church in the Anglican tradition. Say again now. Uh, the Anglican tradition is a high liturgical tradition, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, other other than that, in a couple sentences, could you just briefly tell us what makes it stand apart from the rest of other traditions? Uh, the main thing really goes back to the uh, the Reformation, and uh, while you had the Reformation in Europe going on, uh, uh, which I, I look at it now and I just think it's so ridiculous, but. Uh, the people in Europe were attacking the Roman Church. The Roman Church started attacking the, the Church in Europe, and all what the Anglican Church was trying to do was say, "Folks, why don't we just go back to the early Church when we were one?" Because you got to remember, the first thousand years there was only one Church, mm-hmm. and uh, so the Anglican tradition goes back where a lot of uh, denominations will go back to a leader, whether it's Calvin or Luther or whoever. Uh, we sort of just go back to the founding fathers, and uh, uh, so we rely very heavily on on the early church, and uh, so that's probably the. And we don't believe that uh, uh, you know God said I am that I am. He didn't say I am what I'm going to become, yeah. and uh, so as a lot of people try to re-image God in their image instead of them conforming to God's image. Uh, we, we push very heavily that uh, we're part of God's creation. Uh, he said it was good, so we believe it is good. And uh, so that's what we try to work back towards. We use early tradition of the church to help guide us. Uh, everything, of course, is based on the scripture itself. All right. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> what is the church's the Anglican Church, with current relation with England, if there is one. Uh, now, we're, I'm part of the continuing Anglican Church, so this is part of the church that uh, uh, when uh, discipline was lost within the Episcopal Church in the USA, uh, our, the, and our bishop and our bishops at that time uh, formed what we call a continuing church. And so we have no relationship to England. Uh, we don't believe that one bishop has authority over another bishop. We believe that all the bishops are, are equal because uh, they were all given the same. We were all given the same mission to go out and baptize in the name of Jesus Christ and in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So with, uh, we're not connected really with uh, any of the other uh, denominations. Uh, the uh, Pope Benedict, uh, who I was a fan of, uh, did, uh, what was the saying he used, that uh, our orders in our continue in the Anglican Church, uh, they're valid, but irregular. <laughs> it's all like being called that. I'm an irregular guy. And, uh, but I think Francis has reversed that back, and uh, so we have no relationship with that whatsoever. And, uh, uh so we're guided by our bishop, uh, who's a wonderful man, who's going to be retiring in a couple of years. We have uh, unified with the three other largest jurisdictions, um, the uh, the uh, Anglican Church in America and the Diocese of the Holy Cross, which is down in South Carolina, and the uh, Anglican Catholic Church. 
And so we've all signed letters of unity. And really what that's doing right now is if uh, they have a church where we have priests, we can they can use our priests and vice versa. So we are in unity. Uh, so that, that just happened two years ago. Wow. And uh, so we're, we're trying to bring some unity within our uh, unordered setup that we were in. Is it Anglican Catholic Church, like a formal Catholic? Or? Uh, we use Catholic as, uh, as universal. universal. Instead of right. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> nothing, to, nothing to do with Rome. Not Catholic Catholic. Just not Roman just Catholic, Catholic, just Catholic. Yeah. 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 Anglican Catholic. We've had a Father Pat from St. Matthew's on a couple of times. Back. A really cool guy. Who is he? Like yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you said several times already and your website says says a few times that y'all are a more traditional church as opposed mm-hmm. to some of the other Anglican traditions. Um, what, what exactly do you mean by that, by more traditional? Uh, within Anglicanism, you have two extremes. And, th- and that's the beauty of Anglicanism. Uh, we're not all just one robot doing the same thing. Uh, as we have missions in other countries, which we just had a presentation on uh, uh, India, the Philippines, Haiti, and Ecuador is where we're established and we're doing mission work. Uh, but the people who establish those church, uh, if you're more what we would call low church, you yeah. more just using the prayer book, the Book of Common Prayer, uh, as a guide, and then you can get over to the higher church where you do have the uh, uh, what we use as a missile, which is uh, I would call it the prayer book on steroids. It's got more uh, prayers from the historical church in it and stuff. And uh, so uh, it's a high church. Uh, we have the Eucharist just about every service that we have is focused on the Eucharist. The low church may get together uh, just to do uh, morning prayer or evening prayer. And actually during the week, and we, we recorded on our website, uh, we'll have morning prayer. But then the evenings we'll have evening prayer with the Eucharist. So we're not really high church, but we're sort of middle of the road, leaning towards the high church. Middle church. Yeah. Middle high. Up, upper middle church. Up, whatever. <laughs> like upper middle class, but uh, a church. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, backtrack a little bit. So you said y'all kind of split from the Episcopalian. Yes. Are they are they still um, united with the England? Was part of the English Church. I think they're still united. It, uh, they've gone through so many changes. Uh, hard to keep up. Uh, it's hard to keep up with the church today. It, uh, so many different changes. And even so within the continuing church, we have had some Anglican churches come in and uh, uh, they will uh, uh, allow uh, a woman to be deacon, be ordained a deacon. Yeah. But they stop it there. There's nothing in scripture that says when you get to be a deacon, if you want, you have to stop. And so we're having, even within Anglican traditions, we're having uh, different sub opinions. opinions. And uh, uh, so that's that. Uh, talk about female ministers a few times, too. It's actually really neat. It's almost the one we got to be. I think there was one podcast in between. We yeah. talked to. No, there wasn't. I think there was. I think we talked to Wayne in between. Anyway, we talked to Becky Walker, who is the leader of women's ministries at Anderson, Anderson University. Right. 
and she is, um, even though she's in charge of women's ministries, she doesn't believe in having women as head pastors. Because she's Baptist. Yeah, because the yeah, Baptist tradition. And then the very next week, we talk to two people from our own tradition who run their own podcast, Pastor of a Dying Church, shout out to those guys, but uh, they are both are women head pastors. So right. they kind of gave their perspective on it. It's just really interesting to hear we have, some of those uh, debates. And we, have, uh, we have what we call deaconess, and that's uh, lay ministry for the uh, the women of the church. And uh, we have a deaconess here, uh, Miss Tina Jenkins, and she's a big asset to me. If, and what she, she's sort of like the mother of the church. If we have somebody mm-hmm. that's in need or something, uh, right now, she's doing some special projects for us that we're trying to reach out further than we ever have as a church, and so she's doing that work. But she would never uh, uh, do the sacraments of the church. Uh, uh, so she's doing the ministry of the church, but she's not doing the sacraments. And uh, she's very interesting, very knowledgeable lady, and uh, has given her life completely to Christ. Like the church grandma. Yeah, sort of. Don't don't tell us that. One of the a deacon. But one of the coolest things, you know, so far just talking to you since we've been here, we've been here a little, probably thirty minutes before the podcast started. But we went over to the church and you showed us just around and mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful building. I wish people listening could see it, which I guess they could probably look it up on Google. Go to our website. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful church. But uh, you talk pretty consistently about. All the different things people in your church are doing, and you just seem so proud of them. All the work oh, that yeah. puts forth, and it's very. It me a lot of like the Ephesians four or five stuff, which we talk a lot about on the podcast. Everyone doing. We we have church. so much outreach that's done in this church, and it's just. Uh, I handle the sacraments. I handle what goes on over in the church, but when we come over here, and I'll give you a perfect example. We had a uh, Last weekend, we had our bishop here because we were having confirmation. He was burying my friend who I was telling you about passed away. That was 98. But last Saturday morning, I come over here at 8 o'clock. There's seven or eight women in the church getting it set up for the uh, the, the funeral. Uh, we had the funeral service at 10. went absolutely beautifully. We had uh, uh, a reception over here that the, that was set up. And then, like at 4 or 5 o'clock last Saturday night, we had a dinner over here for about 30 people for the bishop. And that was all done. And then uh, we had service on Sunday. And, I mean, I was just blown away because I was just trying to to take care of the bishop and get he and his wife around. Uh, But all the work of the church, that was done. And and we do a lot of outreach to people with cancers and all these different awful diseases and so we, we try to do a lot, and that's what the church, you know, that, uh, and I just spoke about this a few weeks ago in a sermon. What we're called to do is to be a witness to Christ. And being a witness to Christ is taking that Christness in us and handing it out to the world. And, uh, you know, I can always remember uh, Mother Teresa when she was uh, alive and popular. Uh, I saw this one young priest being interviewed, and he said she scared him to death because she says, you want to see Jesus? You want to see Jesus? And the guy's, well, yeah. And so she takes it in the back, and it was some guy dying of AIDS or something. She said, here's Jesus. <laughs> and he goes, whoa. And that just really, uh, that's what we're to be. We're to take Jesus out to the world, and we're to see Jesus and the people that are suffering around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to have 
church as a community uh, as a family of, as a service oh my gosh that's, that's something that's just been encouraging just hearing you talk uh, you, you can tell for those who are in Charlotte and want to check it out St. Michael Church I would say you can really tell just the way you talk that it's uh, we more are, community than uh, we are yeah. we, we are a dysfunctional family but we are a family even, even when you just really encourage come into the parking lot you can see there's several different buildings there's a playground that's Right. Uh, the second most yeah. noticeable thing you see after you pass the well, first thing there. I noticed was the uh, the grill on the park little park over there. I was like, well, we, we just put those in the like heavy duty grills that you'd see at a rest area or something. Yeah. And we've had tables built and so forth. Those are good. Yeah, and uh, uh, but this this charcoal, facility right this facility we're we're in right now the parish hall uh, every Friday and Sunday night we have about fifty people meet here who have. Uh, different issues and problems and uh, every night of the week we have scouts here on Monday night uh, it's homeschool scouts which is a really cool group of kids and uh, every night I said for Thursday nights we have something basically in Saturday nights we have something going on but it's outreach to the com- com- community and actually I was working on my sermon for you guys here today and I'm talking about uh, Praying for the city because we're right here at Charlotte and people like to complain and everything. Well, why don't we get together as a family and pray? And uh, it's very discouraging when you have prayer and you know there's only you know, we've got some very dedicated people, but uh, you know there are nights when nobody shows up and uh, that's a really sad uh, state. And uh, so that's I'm trying to build that. This is a family. If you're not at home, why not come here and uh, and to, 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 to share Christian values, and especially if you have kids, we can really tell. I, mean, I can uh, tell. just pulling up, yeah. But uh, you mentioned some of your sermons during the podcast. But uh, when I talked to you on the phone, you mentioned a lot of your recent sermons have kind of touched on unity. <laughs> and uh, or if you wanted to care, if you care to share anything about what you've been talking about with that, yeah. Well, uh, we're all part of God's creation, and. Uh, a lot of times we will pray like we're praying for the city. Uh, we have to remember those people that we're praying for, they're, we're as simple as they are. We, we have our own sins. And so if we can lower ourselves, that brings us closer to God. I think we do that. And so pride of, uh, I think I was telling you, we've, we've got many denominations that come here from Roman Catholics Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, like I said, from China now. Yeah. And uh, but we're all united in Christ, and uh, and that's what the different faiths need to do. And uh, uh, so we just need to get over that barrier that I'm more of a Christian than you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I think a really good way to look at it, uh, especially these days, is you know, uh, accord thrice braided or not easily broken or whatever. The way I look at it is a reed by itself is easily snapped. Mm-hmm. You take a bunch of reeds and you weave them into a basket. That's where your unity, your strength is. You ever seen someone rip a basket in half? Yeah, good luck. It's not easy. Uh, well, and that's, yeah. and that's what the history of the church, they were gathered together in prayer. It, uh, uh, they were trying to tell us something and you know, God bless everybody. Uh, there's 
you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people that receive the Spirit and they can do it on their own. I know as me, as an individual, I need the unity, the, the, the people to look out for you when you fall and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I think when you do that, you level life out and you don't have so many peaks and so many valleys. And uh, you can always talk about if you've got God on top and we're on the bottom and we have our relationship with God, then all of this other stuff that we go through in life, it may swing you to the left, it may swing you to the right. But if you stay focused on God, that's where your strength is. And it's easier to do that if you're surrounding yourself with people Absolutely. who are also from the church. Absolutely. Just turn into a basket with you know, all your church community. Yeah. You know, carry that with it as a basket. <laughs> no, it makes me... A couple things make me think, though. First is uh, the second episode of this podcast with Wayne Parker, Narcissism Talk. You know, talked a lot about if we're not humble, we can't be united. As long as I think I'm absolutely right. Why would I ever be united with someone's opinion who is not exactly the same as mine? And then, uh, it, it also, um, I, I was trying, trying to think. Well, the track of thought. Well, one thing that we, in the Anglican faith, emphasize that there are mysteries of faith. I mean, you tell me how that, that bread and that uh, wine turns into the body and blood of Christ. Right. We know that, as Anglicans, that it does because Christ told us, this is my body, mm-hmm. this is my blood, so we have to accept that. But how it's done, you know, and that was part of the Reformation, uh, Reformation that when we're trying to explain, there's some things you cannot explain. How did God become man? Right. And I that, mean, that's something that the Catholic Church prays about actively. That's uh, what the Rosary right. represents. Well, that, it's actually it's one really cool thing with... Um, just, just talking about the Eucharist, because we talked about that with, um, well, I can't think of his name, Pastor Scott. Sus- 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 Scott Suskovic. Yeah. <clears throat> talked to him at the Lutheran Church, and it was just really interesting. We were talking about all the different kind of views about the Eucharist and how people believe it's literal or figurative or whatever. Right. At the end of the day, you know, we all believe it means the same thing. I, okay. And what, what they believe, you know. Christ's presence is there. I'm like, you know, the real presence. I think literally everyone believes that. Whether you believe it literal or figurative, at the end of the day, we all know the point of it is Christ's presence. Queen Elizabeth Pat, and I, it's not going to be an exact quote, but she basically, with all this was going on during the Reformation, going back and forth, she finally would say, whatever you say it is, Lord, is what I receive. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, that pretty well covered. Did you say that? That's, that's, uh, but it's, uh, but yeah, we do believe in the real presence, and a good indication of that is uh, you know, it grosses out a lot of our members. Because when we get through with the Eucharist service, uh, I will actually get a little bit of wine in the chalice, and I will lick all the way around mm-hmm. where everybody's taking from the cup. And everybody, oh, you're gonna get diseases and stuff like that. But we're doing, we're cleaning the chalice, so there's not a uh, crumb of, of the wafer, the bread left on it. So we want to make sure that if any crumbs have fallen, that it's consumed and not thrown in the garbage or something. Right. And uh, so, so that's just a reverence that we use. But I will say because we do that, because I do that, uh, I use the most high alcohol wine. <laughs> we give it like eighteen <laughs> percent just to just just to kill the germs. It, uh, I mean, because uh, you are you're licking everything, and that's why I ask the women, please remove your lipstick <laughs> before you take the cup. Well, what's it? 
It's the Jesus said it's not what goes into your body that comes out that defiles it. So just one hundred percent, you know, just straight ethanol. Yeah, that, that, that would be bad. gasoline. Wine. There we go. <laughs> Go for it. So, uh, so is the Anglican Church believe that uh, the bread and wine is Christ's body, or it's, we call it the real presence? Okay. His, his presence is in those elements somehow. That's the mystery. How it's done. You know, the even language will get over. Well, when these words are said during the congregation, the 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 uh, uh, the elements that uh, at this point it becomes the the the, the body and blood. There's nothing that somehow it happens, and uh, so it's during the consecration, when it happens, we all have different views on it, but it, we just believe that it happens. But you do believe it literally becomes. Yeah, it's not. Blood. It's not like the the realm of the transubstantiation. Okay. That uh, we just feel. But, as a matter of fact, uh, my hero, when I, one of the people that got me into the ministry, was someone who lived uh, 500 years ago. And you know, his name is Lancelot Andrews. He oh. was one of the, the Caroline divines. Matter of fact, he was in the King James Bible. He did the committee that did from Genesis to Second Kings of the translation, and uh, but he talks about. Uh, uh, when he was arguing, he was trying to defend uh, the king from Rome and then from Europe. But when he didn't get into it with the Romans, he says, you know, we, we're not the ones trying to define all this stuff. We just believe, as the early church did, that this is a body. And you can go back to uh, Justin Martyr in the, in the second century. And when he describes the Eucharist, it is so much what we do when he's got at the end. Uh, when he's defending the faith, that we do believe this is the body and blood of Christ. And, uh, but how? It's a mystery. Which does make sense to see a Lewis with Anglican. Because it's, it's one of those things he, he makes it easier to understand because right. he was, uh, well, he, was he wasn't atheist. the pastor, he wasn't anything like that. He, he was, was an atheist star. He was yeah. trying to prove there wasn't a guy. But, uh, in his writings, yeah. by the time he was writing, he was Anglican. Right. And he, his education was in literature and how literature had always worked and what right. it is like. So, so whenever he writes about the Bible, it's from that aspect of that a lot of us forget that the Bible is literature. Right. And it's just crazy because, you know, he talks about that stuff and he's like, you know, I don't think we we're sitting here going, is it literally this? Or is it literally that? And that is absolutely not how an author thinks. An author right. says, I'm saying it this way to stress the importance of it. He's like, if we get the importance of it, it's telling the That's story. what it's matters from this literature is the importance, not is it literal, figurative, or what happens. No, listen, he said it this way to make a point. That point is what we need to take away. That's it is. He, t- he tells the story, and uh, it's like if you're putting together a puzzle, you got all the parts down there. That's not that enticing, right. but you put it together and make the picture, and you can come up with something really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's understanding the story and and how Scripture is all united uh, from the Old Testament through the New Testament. Uh, uh, one of the things, that, as a matter of fact, I think it was Lancelot Andrew said, we have uh, uh, one canon of Scripture, uh, two Testaments. We have the three creeds. So we're a creed of faith. Uh, we're not uh, 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 following one leader. We just do what the creeds say, and we believe that. And then he said the, what was it, the first four centuries of the church and the first five major councils of the church. 
you know. So what, what all that entails, that's what Anglicanism is. And and even with the Founding sure. Fathers, if, you know, you can read the Founding Fathers and they will disagree on things. And when that happens to us, we just take it uh, sort of like the Apocrypha books. We just take it as something to edify, but our salvation isn't based on that. When the fathers agreed on something, then we go, okay, you need to, to, to think about that. All right. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're going to speed round in just a moment. Before that, uh, is there anything else you feel like we should know about the Anglican faith? Um. Just that uh, it's, it's, it's based on scripture, it's based on uh, tradition, and the reasoning, how we apply that in our lives. And uh, it's open uh, when someone is baptized in the uh, the Baptist church, we feel it's as valid as ours, as long as it's done with water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we have people come here from other faiths that want to be confirmed their baptism, if it was done in that manner, is valid. And so we're all baptized into the body of Christ, into the, the family of the church. And uh, and from there, we go our separate ways. And, and uh, you uh, know. What, what about full body baptism? Oh, uh, uh, well, you, know, you can, you know, it's funny because when we're talking about the founding fathers, some were against infant baptism, others were for it. And uh, as long as water is used in the, in the Holy Trinity, uh, that's what we count. Right. But, uh, you, so you can't get too baptized. You can't get too baptized, and you can't get underbaptized. Good, because I've been <laughs> baptized like eighteen times. Yeah, we, well, we only believe you should have one baptism. It's, I, uh, I, yeah, I and uh, because it. you're baptized in the Christ Church, and if we're all members of Christ Church, then you then you're good. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to ask it. Why Why did you get baptized eighteen times, Dieter? How well, does it affect your faith? Uh, it really, after the first time, the, the first time I got baptized, I got baptized in a Baptist church. I believe that is the baptism that baptized me, that sanctified me. Right. Uh, after that, it was more of a, a symbol. It was like a benchmark because we went to Camp Agape together, and we they do a baptism service. Mm-hmm. And every year, I would take that chance to to reaffirm my faith and to get baptized again. More as a reminder than as re-baptizing. Just yeah, when, like we, uh, well, when we do, um, we've got a baptism card over a few weeks, and uh, but we, we, we follow the prayer book, but everybody stands, and everybody's reconfirming the baptism vows. So the congregation's involved with me when we do it. And uh, then we look at confirmation as the, the completion, uh, because in Scripture it talks about, uh, was it Peter and... They said, I forget the two apostles, uh, I'm sorry, but they went to baptize because they'd only been baptized uh, in the name of Jesus, and they went to lay hands on them. And so that's what, we had baptism last week, the, the bishop had uh, his oil that, that he had anointed, and so they received the laying on of hands, the oil, and, and everything. And so then we feel they're fully ready to go out and to take Satan on in the world. Awesome. And uh, that's what we're all wanting to do is take Satan on. And, yeah. Well, that's it's something, something Jesus talked about a lot. I don't think yeah, about our faith, our belief, what we are with him is about the heart. You know, I don't think God's up in heaven going, oh, you got baptized one too many times. Or, you know, being like, mm, that baptism was 
Not enough that, water. That, that was, that was <laughs> I, can't, I only accept baptisms in lakes. Sorry. <laughs> what but, about you, you just said the key word, and this is um, uh, every sermon almost it's the heart. If we can memorize all the scripture we want to, we can learn this creed and that creed. If your heart isn't right, it's not exactly. going to work. And uh, it's changing hearts, and uh, and that's what we're all trying to do is to change hearts. Well, that's it's also why community is so important. Yeah, you exactly. Can't you're not going to change on your own. Right. It takes the power of God and the power of God in His people. Right. Which. Reminds me of what I was going to say earlier. It's not as well of it now. I see you came back to it. Yeah, yeah. This is better than waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you remember. (laughs) So much better. It's um, from the book Jesus of Nazareth by Reza Aslan, who is a a religion scholar who is actually, he's a Muslim personally, but he's writing about the life of Jesus. And it was a really challenging book to read because a lot of the stuff he points out, and we have like, archaeological stuff and different books and stuff. A lot of what Jesus did, like, yeah, this, this was done before. This wasn't a big deal. This wasn't a bit like a lot of the healings and miracles and stuff. And right. People had seen that. That's why people recognized him as, you know, this is one of the healing people. This is what he is. And they just thought he was another one of them. There have been people who claimed to be messiahs before. The two things that he covered in his book that were unique about Jesus and why it lasted was one, no one had ever claimed to raise from the dead. That wasn't a thing before then. That, that was unique. Uh, him rising from the dead is what is pivotal for Christianity as a religion, which is true. And let me just add to that right there, because I'm going to add to what you're saying. All right. He, he was risen from the dead, and it was witnessed by hundreds, thousands of people. Right. Which is what all religious scholars, you, you know, him included, struggle with, is that he was in, during the Roman Empire. If it wasn't legitimate claim, the Romans would have stomped that faith out. They would have brought up the body and hung it for everyone to see. Right. Back up, they didn't have the body. They probably would have hung it on the Colosseum. Yeah, they would have made like sure everyone saw it, yeah. Well, but that didn't happen. And that's what the big, that's why it was such a big deal. Is, uh, because he given died. at the time, well, if it was look at the life not the legitimate. After, uh, yeah, that was the other thing he pointed out. It, uh, the other, these people, they were all in. It wasn't half-stepping. Yeah. They saw it, they believed it, and even when they would witness other people, they would say, hey, don't talk to these people. They saw it too. And uh, <laughs> our faith is based on something that is, uh, we have evidence of. We're not a blind faith. You know, yeah, uh, Jesus didn't receive these visions in a cave somewhere and, and, and come out. Uh, it was witness. It was done in the open. It was done in the most popular populous part of the, the world at that time. Right. And right so, held in so our faith is based on something that there's actually evidence on. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, yeah, and yeah. that's the, the early church fathers and the, the martyrs, you know, the blood of the martyrs. God bless them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like I could fake my death. I could, I could go somewhere for three days and then come back and tell everyone I died. Right. Thousands of people watched him die. Absolutely. And then watched him come back. Some death. <laughs> yeah. and, and even though he had told them, they didn't, yeah. they just couldn't comprehend. And you know, I saw something the other night that's so true, the, the uh, Sermon on the Mount, the, the Beatitudes. When you look at those and they seem so difficult, that's exactly what Christ did. He, he lived the Beatitudes. Even when he was on the cross, he was praying for them. That was crucifying. And, uh, so it wasn't just words. He showed us how to live it. And uh, 
And that's what we need to gather as a family to where we can live it together and have that joy Which that is, only Christ can bring to you. And that's the second thing he said was unique. He said, you know, all the other stuff Jesus did been done before except for rising from the dead and then the community that came up after yeah. that bonded in unity like that. That's what made it so unique. Absolutely. At that time, you either you were united to the Romans or you were dead. There was like only really two options and having a group of people who are willing to unite together despite the threat against them is what made Christianity what it is today. Yeah. Well, if you look at it through scripture, I mean, from the creation story through the Babylon, Solomon, Gomorrah, and all that stuff, that's what the Roman Empire was at that time. They had, they had taken themselves and made their kings their gods and they were going to rule over the people. And the only way, uh, the way, and that's why even during the Passion, uh, so many people didn't understand how the, the, which their, their king, their leader is going to die upon the cross. Which, uh, you got to get off this rabbit hole a little bit, but I do want to say, anyone who understands, the more you understand the history of the Romans, what the Romans really oh, were, yeah. the more the easier it is to believe in Jesus. I mean, uh, to throw my nerd reference in there for the day, <laughs> Doctor Who, one of the nerdiest, you know, most of the people who write for it are atheists, and it's a really nerdy show. But uh, they have the main character who can travel anywhere in space and time. You know, that that's the whole kick. Talks about uh, the most threatening group ever. They won't. And he's talking about the Romans. <laughs> he's like, yeah, the most threatening thing we've ever seen. What's that? The Romans. Well, and the, the Romans weren't afraid to be inhuman. Yeah. That, they had almost no sense of morality. Was, they they were their own gods. Yeah, they, yeah. they had replaced God. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, who was going to stop him? Literally no one but God. Which but, is, I think, why God let them get so powerful. Just to make the point. Here's Jesus. Anyway, that being said, <laughs> yeah, <maybe laughs> we, we got off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think it was worth well, that's it. That's good. We have, uh, what we like to do is the speed round, especially when we just talk to people from traditions we haven't talked to yet. Well, we just kind of ask. Uh, so, I'm slow. There's yeah, there's some rules. There's some rules. Okay. I'm not allowed to ask you any follow up questions, which is the hard part. Uh, what our listeners don't know is every time that just I do, listen, though. TJ throat chops me. They just can't see it. But it, it happens. It's violent. Um, <laughs> and then uh, our rule for you is whenever I ask a question, you have to answer it in one sentence or less. You can do it as a yes, no, or catchphrase, whatever. That yes. Works. But uh. Exactly. And if you can't answer it in a sentence or less, you just say pass and we move on to the next question and that'll be that. Okay. Alright. And I, I think that's all the rules, right? Uh, Pretty simple. That is all the rules. Alright. No follow-up questions. One sentence. Yes, no, or pass. Yes, no, pass. Or, or pass. Pass. You can do a whole sentence. Yeah. yeah. Complex sentences are allowed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you just have like a paragraph one on sentence, that, that's fine. But you do have to say your commas and semicolons. Man, I remember one time I was in the first or second grade, and I was in like the gifted kids program, and she told us to write a paper, and I was like, a paper? Ask me a whole paper, and she's like, yes, ask me a whole paper. And I was like, all right. So I just wrote three really long sentences, and she was so mad. <laughs> I wrote three run-on. She sentences. never got a breath when she was reading it. Right? <laughs> they were run-on sentences so long they filled up a page. Nice. It was all right. Do you want to count me off for this speed round? Three, two, one, go. Okay. I think a lot of these you've already answered. Uh, start with the first one. How do you view the authority of Scripture? 
uh, supreme. Right. Does the Anglican Church view anything outside of Scripture as authoritative? No. Alright. Do you believe in spiritual gifts? Yes. Do you practice speaking in tongues? Is it the church practice? Uh, we believe that people speak in tongues, but we would only do, do it if it can be edified for the benefit of the family. Right. Does the Anglican Church believe in either continual salvation or continual sanctification? You have to define the continual sin. Uh, you're sanctified throughout. We're becoming more and more sanctified as we live. Do you believe salvation and sanctification are instantaneous? Um, is it a process? No, it's a process. Although, it could be. Let me tell you, God can do anything He wants. God can let into heaven whoever He wants. Kind of cheating. Yeah. We flip the uh, question around. I would say both. Yeah. Yeah, but that, we believe that salvation can be lost. That That is interesting. Yeah. No follow-up question, so I can't go there. <laughs> Are you more Calvinist or Arminian? Um, pass. Alright. <laughs> That's a good one to pass. What is the importance of baptism in your tradition? The importance is uh, remission of sins and receiving of the Holy Spirit. Alright. And what is the importance of the Eucharist? Uh, to be strengthened, uh, to be forgiven. And to be, your sins to be washed in the blood of Christ. Can members of other churches join in during the Eucharist? Uh, some churches would say no, and some would say yes. Uh, I will say in one sentence, I'm here to give the chalice of Christ to the people not to deny it. All right. And how does the Anglican Church view the seven sacraments of the Catholic? Uh, they're all valid, and uh, two of them were instituted by Christ Himself. Great that I think that does it. That was a good. That was a really good. Speed I have one. Oh, we can have one. Okay. All right, we're adding one. Bonus round. Go. Bonus. So, uh, do can people who are underage participate in the Eucharist at your church? <laughs> and does do I have to do this in one sentence? No, no. Okay. <laughs> so just speed around the first I will tell you a story that happened just last weekend, and uh, when my bishop was with me, I had been thinking uh, that we needed to raise the the age for confirmation, and uh, and I was corrected by him. Actually, I'm not going to do it, uh, but we're to bring people to Christ as soon as we can. But we don't believe in pedo uh, for uh, communion. Uh, but as soon as we can get them trained, we need to train them and to bring them to Christ through the communion. So, okay. but, uh, but I've had, uh, we do funerals for different uh, denominations. And I have, uh, this last year, we had a big communion, or not communion, funeral. And uh, there were a lot of people from different faiths. And I just simply told them, if you believe that this is the body and the blood of Christ after I consecrate it, Please come receive communion with us. So, as a rector, I have some leeway, uh, but the church, uh, we do have, and it's all laid out in the prayer book, actually. And the prayer book has a rubric in it that says uh, that I can give communion to someone who is, uh, believes the body and blood of Christ and are committed to be confirmed at the earliest convenience they can have. Okay. 
and so I try to take it individually. And, Interesting. Yeah, takes a lot of um, so it's just sermon, I imagine. Huh? It takes a lot of discernment, I would imagine. Yeah, it is, and uh, uh, a lot of it's discernment, and uh, uh, but uh, it's also bringing them to Christ, and so uh, if I err, I want to err in that way and not the other right. way. Right. Yeah, makes sense. So, one last real question: What is something practical? If you know so, someone from your church or someone from the church down the road, Susie or Paul, whoever there might be, so an individual, what can practically can they do to help us better unite here in Charlotte? It's a much harder question. Yeah, uh, that's the hardest uh, question. Yeah. We've got some great answers on the practical stuff, though. On the practical, uh, I would say get to church. So that you can be part of a family that does that, and uh, you know, outreach is a wonderful thing, and but that involves the heart being softened to that. And when you do that outreach, do it for the right reason, and uh, not to glorify yourself, but to glorify God. And I, I think I'll say, right. if you're going to a church and thinking about this, and you hear his answer and think, "Well, I already go to church; nothing's happening." Try to make your church community driven. Try to lead your church in that direction. Yeah, yeah. and, and if one thing, and, and this I hear this every once in a while here, uh, I didn't get anything from that. Well, you're not here to get, you're to give. If you come to church and you give yourself to Christ, Christ is going to feed you and nourish you and bring you where you need to be. So it's not about taking and what it can do for me, but it's what I can do for Christ, for the community. For the city, I'm gonna I want to piggyback off of um, I, I believe it's last week's podcast. Might have been a couple weeks ago. Brother Kino, or Pastor Kino, Reverend, yeah, Reverend Kino. There we go. Okay, he went out. Yeah, he was talking about um, just visiting another church and you know that stuff. And, he, and uh, I I remember during the podcast he talked about if you want to make a difference, you have to go to the meetings. Yeah, you know, that's very true for their tradition, especially. Yeah, but I think in any tradition you're in, it's you go up and then out. You know, you're not going to go to the pastor your third day at church and be like, "I think we should be more united with the Baptist Church next door." Well, what can we do? He doesn't know you. He's going to give you an answer, but he's going to be a lot more inclined to hear you out and work with you and work with your ideas and create a program if. You've been at the church and been volunteering, cutting the grass for a few years. If you've been, you know, helping them clean the bathrooms, me and uh, our friend Izzy used to do that all the time. I think yeah. go up and then out. Well, you know, one thing that we learned from, and uh, actually we've started uh, New Year's Eve midnight mass. We have a lot of. Uh, we're very integrated. Our church is probably thirty percent of our people are Africans from Nigeria, Sierra Leone. Wow. We have a lot of people from the Caribbean. But it's interesting to hear their traditions, what they did in Nigeria and stuff. And uh, uh, so we try to bring that into our family to enrich what we do as well. And uh, I can tell you, every time uh, that we can get the Africans involved in Sunday school and Bible studies and stuff, they always bring a perspective that that it almost knocked you on the floor because you never thought They've lived in all of this. They've lived with being, watching their uncles killed uh, in the village and stuff. And 
So it brings a whole different perspective and a seriousness to our faith. Mm -hmm. So uh, what do you think will be the ramifications of that, of all of our listeners going to church and make turning their church into a place where community is put forward? Uh, bringing the kingdom of God to earth. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that's what we're, we're to be witnesses and we're to bring that kingdom here. And uh, uh, the more we can do with, with heart softened and, and outreaching and love for everyone, uh, the, the quicker that's going to happen. And that's why I hate all the division that you see around right now. It uh, it is so dangerous. And, uh, so, which is what we're all about here at the Holy Church Podcast. Yeah, well, anti-division. Anti-division. Yeah, we're pro unity. Yeah, some people call it unification. Yeah. But anti-division is just as good. <laughs> you know, one one thing uh, that uh, I'm not sure to end on is. Uh, the whole story of salvation and everything. One thing that I will preach and one thing that I can faith does is we have a loving God. This is not a God that's going to, he is going to judge us. There are going to be people, going to be gnashing of teeth and all of that. Uh, but he is a loving God and he gives us every opportunity to come to him. Even when we screw up, we can still come to him. And uh, uh, so that loving God, uh, that's what penetrates our hearts and makes us Godlike, sort of like image of God, huh? being right. made in the image. Which is why I said we'll be known by our love for one another. Yeah, exactly. It'd be really odd for us to be known by anything else. We worship a God who is love. Is love, so how can you be anything else? So we do a couple more things before we end. Uh, just When do we eat? Uh, <laughs> immediately <laughs> after. All the time. <laughs> so uh, what's next is our God moment of the week. Longer. Yeah. yeah. Well, we so, say it's of the week for the people listening. Sometimes for us it's of a month. Sometimes it's the God moment of the last day. It just kind of depends. Yeah. All right. So uh, what it is is uh, you see if it's a moment you recall recently where you saw God, where you know, you can tell that God is in effect here. Right. Is a challenge of blessing? Just challenge, blessing, reflection. Well, that's Super an easy true. one. Your time is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Try to be. So, we'll go first. If you need time to think, which most, you know, most pastors are pretty still. I think we'll still go first, just because yeah. it's polite. Do you want me to go first? You, you can. So, I did my first session of marriage counseling this week, the same week we recorded. And it was, it was, it was good. It was interesting. You know, we Answered the same on some stuff, answered different on all that. Pastor went through the whole process, and it was just, um, it was very interesting. Pastor talked about how I don't get angry enough, so that's cool. My pastor doesn't think I'm angry, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. a plus. That, that's a plus, right? Yeah. But it was interesting just having your life kind of laid out in a very formatical way like that and it's the same hey here's what's good right now here's what's not here's why and it's just kind of being laid out and then told to you what was weird to me was because we, we go through a workbook it's like a quiz and in my head he was going to go through the quiz and tell us if we passed or failed because that's what that's what the book says it's like okay you're going to go back through <laughs> now you're ready all of these if you missed 10 then maybe you shouldn't get it says you might not be compatible and should think not get married i was like oh man 
we're gonna fail. <laughs> and I'm like, that, that, that's where my, my brain was. I was like, if I miss two and I fail, what? Because <laughs> that's what the book says. That's really something you should do before you. You're already in marriage counseling. Yeah. Really think about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys might not be. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what the book says. I was really worried about it. Pastor doesn't even go through all the questions. He goes through the ones that he thinks are important. He asks. And then he's like, all right, here's what I think. He gives us advice. He's like, all right, y'all ready to come back? I'm like, you get to come back? You didn't fail? What? Yeah, <laughs> blew my mind. But it was, it affected me in so many, so many different ways. I, I think my biggest takeaway is I expected it to be much more transactional than it was. Like, I expected it to be a, you either passed or failed, here's the numbers kind of deal. Right. And it made me think of how God views us a lot of times. I think we always think, all right, did I pass or fail this part of my life, God? And God's not even looking at it like that. He'll point out some few, a few parts and say, hey, here's what you should have done, here's what you shouldn't have done, and he'll work with you on those parts. And then it's okay, now time for the next part of life. It's not a, you passed, you failed. And this, yeah. was, I, I think Saul probably would have failed that at first, wouldn't he? What's that? Saul would have failed at first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you didn't do good here, Paul? Uh, <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> so, uh, so my job on one week uh, comes from hockey. And that's a huge shock to people who listen. <laughs> it's Ooh. always about hockey. I'm getting more and more. I'm becoming more and more of a hockey fan. Yeah, I love, I love it. hockey. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Hurricanes fan, huh? You're a Hurricanes fan, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, you just. I mean, I just, really, I just, yeah. I love watching it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was watching the other night. Sometimes me and some friends will go over to one of their houses and just watch the games that are on because usually it's six or seven a night. Or certain nights. Right. And it was the Minnesota Wild versus, I can't remember the other team, but you don't know here. I feel like it was Colorado, but that can't be right. It wasn't Colorado. But uh, you see these people when, you know, the game isn't going on, you know, warm-ups. The camera will pan through the crowd. Right. And you'll see, you know, people, you know, begging for sticks, you know, throwing me a puck, all that stuff. And, uh, Always, absolutely always, it's the kids up there whose parents paid $200 for a seat on the glass. <laughs> it is expensive. It is expensive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the kids are just standing there like, hey, you know, me one. They're, they're holding signs with, you know, puns <laughs> about the players' names and stuff. But uh, we were watching that game, and the camera panned over just in time to see uh, three little kids. They were from different families. Uh they all wanted a puck. Right. And uh, Jason Zucker, I want to say Jason, I'm not sure though, from the Minnesota Wild, he's the captain. He went over, threw a puck over to uh, this one little kid who had been there the longest, but he was the smallest kid. Right. And uh, the girl there caught the puck and he threw two over. The girl, the tall boy caught the first one. The girl caught the second puck and then he skated away because he didn't have any more right. with him. And uh, she gave the, you know, the small kid was crying. Yeah. And she gave the kid the puck. her puck. Yeah. Then her parents either got season tickets to the games for her or one rink Very size. Christ-like, huh? Very Christ-like. And, yeah. uh, you know, I saw that. I thought that was super cool. And she did get one. She did get her own puck right. after that. But uh, I was just hanging out, scrolling through Instagram. Follow like a million different hockey pages of course. a couple of days <laughs> later. And uh, the Minnesota Wild actually reached out to their family and like let that little girl meet 
Jason Zucker and the rest of the team. And okay. They got to hang out. And there's a deer out the window. Oh, yeah. There's... Wow. But <laughs> they... Uh, this is great. This are, are you sure that office. I'm the ADHD one? There's, there's, one. there's, 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 there's more than one. There's usually a family out there. But, five or uh, six of them. That's great. Yeah, so if they didn't have season passes before, they definitely do it out. Yeah. Just because that one little act of kindness. Yeah. One little it doesn't act take much, though. Being like Christ. Yeah. Just giving someone else that puck, which you can just buy. You can actually just buy a game puck. They're not that expensive. Right. But, but it wouldn't have been the real thing. But it wouldn't have been the real thing. Yeah. The real You can't buy the real thing. <laughs> those, are ex- those are very expensive. <laughs> you can get them signed from when they score, but that's a whole deal. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's mm-hmm. my... My God, my Okay. Mine was last night. Got a phone call from somebody that's really struggled for three or four years. And we've been working with him, and he's, he's actually moved out to South Carolina. And uh, and he was doing so well. And I, when he moved away, I thought he was going to have trouble. And he, he was so good is that uh, we had helped him financially. And before he left, he repaid that money to the church so we could help others. Mm-hmm. And he's down there, and he's doing. I talked to him last night. He's doing great. Well, that's God at work right there, because he was really struggling a couple of years ago. Well, you know the old saying, "God loves South Carolina." <laughs> that, that's a saying. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. All South Carolinians right. know that. Have you heard that? <laughs> nope. It's true. All right then. It's at least I a thought. Saying. I thought God loved all dogs. That's Georgia. true. Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But uh, yeah. Our last segment we do after the outro, so for our Patreon listeners, you'll get to hear that. For our non-Patreon listeners, you'll get to go to Patreon and subscribe to listen to that. Yeah. You'll still get to listen to it. Everybody will listen. They just also will subscribe. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. But will they hear? Oh, that, that's that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so for our outro, we just want to remind everybody to acknowledge our needs and run our Twitter account. Follow yeah. us on Facebook and Instagram. And Twitter. And Twitter. You're gonna have to give me all that information. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's a, if you just go to any of them and look up the whole church podcast, you should be able to find us. Hmm. Yeah, but um, follow us on Patreon again. Yeah. And what, 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 what else? You're already what, listening. Email us at the whole church if you want to. If you've got something to say, uh, you want to give us positive or negative, especially negative feedback. We love negative feedback. Uh, email us. Let us know. Uh, just message us on any of those platforms. Mail us. Let us know. We'll send you our address. Yeah. Uh, just come to the yard and scream at us. Whatever. Yeah. Go to Chipotle at uh, Carolina Place Mall. Yeah. We get. It. We actually have gotten a couple, yeah. couple reviews that way. <laughs> and, so uh, feel free to do that. Which is weird. But <laughs> it's very weird. Please just feel uh, Let us know on Google Podcast. Yeah. We want to know how we can be better. We want to know what we're doing good. Uh, we want to reflect the kingdom of God in everything we do. And, this is a big part of what we do, so let us know how we can reflect it better. No, who are some future guests, DJ? Future guests, uh, I've just decided that we're going to get raised at Aslan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can, but I hope so. That'd be great. Uh, Sister Rose. Sister Rose from Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pastor Matt Moorhead. Uh, Jeff White. Jeff White. Brother McLaughlin. And. <laughs> I've said I don't schedule them, so I don't know them unless I check. We have a we have we have a few. We have a few lined up. And at the end of the season, of course, we have Francis Chan. Who just doesn't know it. 
just hasn't agreed to be on the podcast. Yeah, also, uh, C.S. Lewis's Ghost. Oh, yeah. We're yeah, also that, going to have C.S. Lewis's Ghost as soon as it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Just hang in there with us. Billy Graham's Ghost said it was okay. So. <laughs> if he shows up, let me know. <laughs> just, just hang in there with us, guys. We'll call you. Yeah. yeah. C.S. Lewis's Ghost. Alright. Well, God bless you for what you're doing. It's a good thing. I will make sure that all our church gets this plot information. That would be great. Thank you. See, the last thing, just for our Patreon listeners. Thanks for listening, everyone. You have to pay to listen past this. Aha. At least a dollar. Just a dollar a month. They probably won't miss it. You probably lose that in change in a month anyway. 